Thank you so much. If you have your Bibles, go to Acts chapter 2. Acts chapter 2. And I want to first of all thank uh, Pastor Chapel for this opportunity. And as Dr. Getch said, I grew up here. And uh, when you said the old guy, um, I was thinking about the guys that I heard preach. And they would be talking about the old guys. Now I'm that guy. And you think 20 years later, I never thought I would have this opportunity, but praising the Lord for it. Also, thank you, Dr. Getch, for this opportunity, and Dr. R, and the rest of the staff and faculty. And um, as I was thinking about kind of my history here at the church, um, I was part of the old campus. If you've heard the one by the railroad tracks, I mean, I'm that old that we used to be at the old campus, and this was all dirt. And then my wife and I, literally, for those that were here in those days, we got to see this building being built. And uh, so it's quite exciting to see what God's doing and now to see a college. And uh, uh, it's just, it's just what, what an honor. Um, I read this week that the average stay of a pastor, a senior pastor, is about four years. A few weeks ago, I got an email about a church planner that Sunday, that Sunday would be his last Sunday there at his church. These stats and emails, I don't know about you, Dr. Getch, but these things kind of discourage you as you think of Bible college students as a pastor when you have the desire and the heart to do something for the Lord. Um, as we begin today, I want us to pray about what God would have for us today. God, what, through this message, I know you have Bible classes and you hear messages, I don't know how many times a week in chapel, but right now, what I want to do is I want to pray, and I want to ask the Lord, God, whatever you have for me right now, and this is you, and this is me, God, whatever you have for us, God, speak to our hearts. Let's pray, and we'll begin, and we'll dive right into Acts chapter 2. God, thank you again for the Lancaster Baptist Church, West Coast Baptist College. Thank you for all the staff and faculty, Lord, that had invested in my life. Lord, thank you for my wife and uh, being able to, to come here, be in junior high and high school and college, now serving the Lord together. I just thank you, Lord, for that heritage. And so I pray, Lord, as we dive into your word, as we look at a subject that's dear to my heart, I pray, Lord, that you'd speak in a mighty way, Lord, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. In Acts chapter 2, we see an organized and empowered church. We see that they displayed, uh, they had this genuine faith by continuing, not by giving up, not by, you've heard the term, of throwing in the towel. And what I want to encourage us today, if you think about this, we'll be in Acts in just a moment, but I just want to encourage you with one word today, and that word is continue. Can you say that with me? Continue. Say it one more time. Continue. And you're going to hear it throughout the message, and at the end, we'll talk about how the Bible mentions this word hundreds, hundreds of times. In John chapter 8, verse 31, it says, Then said Jesus to those Jews which believed on him, If you continue in my word, then are ye my disciples indeed. And one of the characteristics I've seen of a true disciple is that they continue. They just continue to walk after the Lord. And this isn't in my notes, but I want to challenge you, college students, right now begin to have a personal walk with Jesus. I think sometimes we think, or at least I thought, okay, once I get in ministry, I get paid to, to, to read the Word of God. I get, I get paid to, to prepare. But listen, develop that walk with the Lord today. You know what's awesome? I might say this later, but what's awesome is part of our church right now, there's a big group of us, we're reading the Bible through 
as, as, as a church family. We used a version app and we're uh, making notes there and we're encouraging one another. I just encourage you, develop that walk with God. I want you to consider this question and then we'll dive right into the message. Consider this. What do we want to see or, or what do we see in the early church that we need to keep as the focus of all that we do? What do we see in that early church? And first of all, I want to give you this, and we'll dive into the word, is the word doctrine. Doctrine. We see that this was a priority. Look at Acts chapter 2, verse 42. And they continued, there's the word again, steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and in fellowship and in breaking of bread and in prayers. You see also verse 43, and fear came upon every soul and many wonders and signs were done by the apostles. You know this. You hear this in, in your Bible classes. You hear this in chapel. I know you hear this from Dr. Getch. Doctrine is a set of teachings. It's instruction. It's a set of beliefs. And I'm sure you've heard it. You've heard this many times. Doctrine is the glue that holds us together. The precepts comes before these practices and the church is a body and God has united us as a, as a unit to come and to serve the Lord. In 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 19 and 20, you know this verse. It says, what? Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost which is in you, which ye have of God? And it says, and ye are not your own. For ye are bought with a price. There glorify your body and your spirit, which are whose? They're God's. Listen, this is not my body to do whatever I want to do with it. No, this is God's. And when I have that idea, when I have that concept, when I have that belief, listen, that will change the way I live my life. Doctrine. What do we see? The doctrine of salvation. So teriology, right, is a technical term. The members of the early church in Jerusalem were all possessors, not merely professors of salvation. We see that. We see that the apostle John wrote of these false professors uh, in 1 John 2, 19. It says, they went out from us, but they were not of us. For if they had been of us, they would not uh, doubt have continued with us. But they went out that they might be made manifest that they were not of us. It's one thing to grow up in church, but don't you know that there's something different about being a Christ follower? I grew up, if you don't know my story, uh, Dr. Getch mentioned how I grew up here, but my first uh, 10 years of life, I lived in Los Angeles, and I lived in the ghetto, and I lived in Highland Park, not, not in those days, now it's like hipster town, but back then it wasn't, it was ghetto. I could walk to school, you could buy drugs on the way to school, that's why I didn't go to school there. <laughs> my parents sent me to a rich kid school, and I'm glad they did that. And so, um, yeah, I, I went there, and I remember I grew up Catholic. I thought if I was a good enough person, I would earn my way to heaven. And I'm so glad one day I stepped through the doors of the old campus, 304 West Lancaster, and I went to a church much like mine today, and I walked in, and Pastor Chapel preached the word of God, heard the message. Brother Coates was one of my teachers, heard him teach. Uh, Brother McCollum, uh, these men of God just preached the word of God. And one day I went up to my to my bedroom and I trusted Christ as my savior. Listen, that was 30 years ago. Don't ever get over your salvation, amen? That changed my life. And you look 30 years now, I, t I talk to our church and it's awesome to know that I'm not just a, 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 a professor of it, I'm a possessor of it. And listen, as we talk about Easter, what an opportunity, guys, to get that gospel 
out. And let me say this. This isn't in my notes. But you know what? Sometimes people would rather see you walk as a Christian than us like technically giving them the word of God or preaching at them. Why don't you display a walk with the Lord? And they see your life and they say, I want what they have. I tell our church that all the time. You know what's awesome today? I see church people bringing friends and bringing friends. I was in a group of pastors last week and I, I was given the mic a few times to talk to this network of pastors. And what was awesome, I just encouraged them. I said, why don't you, why don't you provide a worship experience every Sunday that people want to invite their friends to? You know what? We see that every week. People are bringing their friends. People are getting saved. People are getting baptized. People are excited about what God's doing. We see the doctrine of salvation so vital, but also we see of the Bible. Of the Bible in 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 13, for this calls also, thank we God without ceasing, because ye received the word of God which ye heard of us. Ye received it not as the word of men, but as it is truth, the word of God which effectually worketh also in you that believe. Listen, guys, this is the manual. This is the guide. Don't answer out loud, but have you been in this? Have you been in this lately? Not for a class, not for a Bible class, but for you to spend time with God. I have five prayers every morning that I pray and I ask God to speak to my heart. Do we have that walk with the Lord? You and I as Jesus followers are to give attention to the doctrine of the word of God. In 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 13, it says, till I come, give attendance to reading, to exhortation, to doctrine." If you are here at West Coast Baptist College for doctrine, you will continue. But if you're here for anything else, guys, you will not continue. Isn't that true? We, we, we try to seek it in other things, maybe in, in other places. But God says, remind us, he takes us back to the word of God. Nothing is as important as the teaching of the word of God. When I came to West Coast Baptist College, I had one goal. You know what that was? No, it wasn't to have a wife. <laughs> Though I'm thankful. My wife, we've known each other since junior high. My wife is beautiful. She sings great. She's my best friend. She's amazing. I have three wonderful daughters. A lot of you guys saw her growing up. Uh, wonderful, but it wasn't about uh, getting married. You know what it was? What, what many of you guys are going to do in May, Lord willing, is graduate. That's what I wanted. I had to say this, but I, I didn't have a, a, a big a social life in college. You know all I wanted is I wanted to graduate. And you're like, what's wrong with it? You didn't have fun. You... No, I, I did some of the intramural things and that was fun. But you know what I really wanted? I just want to graduate. You know why? I wanted to get out and serve Jesus. I just want to get out and do something in this world. I wanted to make a dent in this world. Yes, you should be here. Yes, you should be get an education. And have fun. I tell college students now, enjoy it. Don't be like me. Have fun, date, go to those activities, play intramural sports, have fun. But listen, don't forget why you're here. And it's here to get the word of God and then to go out and do something for him. Listen, my wife and I talk about this often. You know what's so awesome? What I get to do is I get to share the good news of Jesus Christ. One of the best things is after a message, I get to sit down after someone has raised their hand and they come out and they talk to him and I sit down. One of the greatest joys is to give the word of God to someone and see them trust Christ. Then when I get to baptize them, like we just had a few weeks ago, then to see them become a member, then see them getting baptized. Listen, there's nothing like serving Jesus. Amen? There's nothing like it. And I want to encourage you, listen, continue 
continue, continue in this doctrine, but also continue in this devotion. In devotion, look at verse 44. And they all believed, were together, and had all things common. When you see the early church, and this is what I believe, uh, uh, see, they were filled with a loving continuing in the work of God. When you read the, God, the, the word of God, you see them, they're eating together, they're fellowshipping together, breaking bread together. They're just doing life together. In John chapter 13, verse 34 and 35, it says, a new commandment I give unto, unto you, that ye love one another, as I have loved you, that ye also love one another. But this shall all men know, that ye are my disciples, if ye have love one for another. What I see here, I see this devotion. This devotion I see in fellowship. In fellowship, our duty as Christians is to encourage one another. Guys, who thought, who thought it was a good idea to get outside of uh, the Giants? I live by San Francisco, so the San Francisco Giants Stadium and get out a loud horn and tell everyone they're on their way to hell. Who thought that was a good idea? I don't know. You know what I think is a better idea? Is letting people know about the love of Jesus. Why don't we change how maybe the approach and really have a relationship and see lives transformed? You know what? Bay Area Baptist Church, this is what I want for us. I want us to be a church that we're not against everybody, but that we're for them. And we're known for this. We are, we are known. We wear t-shirts on it. It looks almost like the straight out of Compton shirt or something, but it says for the Bay. We're known for the Bay. And I remember I was walking, my girls went to public school and I remember I was walking through and I had my For the Bay shirt, totally forgot I had it on. And someone stopped and said, hey, so you're the For the Bay pastor. I don't know how they knew that. But you know what? I want people to know what I'm for, not what I'm against. Listen, because Jesus said, for God so loved the world. We ought to be a people. We ought to be college students. We should be men and women that are for the Lord Jesus Christ and to show that. And we see this. The Greek word in fellowship, koinonia, means partnership. Partnership of sharing Christian fellowship of communion with God, with, the, with those in our community, especially in our Christian community. It is my personal belief that every obedient Christian should be an active participant in the local church. Let me ask you, yes, you go to college here, but are we actively participating? Are we actively getting involved? As a kid, I remember, I don't know why they trusted me, but many of the buildings, if you're like, man, they look terrible, I probably painted them. They gave it to a little teenager and let him paint the, the buildings and work around and do the landscaping, but they just trusted me, why? Because I, I just wanna be active. I just wanted to serve the Lord. I just wanted to do something. I heard it said, it is grace, nothing but grace, that we are allowed to live in community with Christian brothers and sisters. May we never forget that. Living in community, Romans 15, verse 5 and 6, it says, know the God of patience and consolation grant you to be like-minded one toward another according to Christ Jesus, that ye uh, may with one mind and one mouth glorify God even the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. We see this fellowship, but not only that, we see the Lord's table. The Lord's table. In 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 16, listen, it says, the cup of blessing which we bless, 
It is not the communion of the blood of Christ. The bread which we break, is it not the communion of the body of Christ? Hey, Collison, when we partake of the Lord's table at Bay Area Baptist Church, it is a time of remembrance. It's a time, and who's ever been to Israel? Anybody been to Israel? Okay, I'm not going to make this a requirement, but I think this should be a requirement. Every one of you should go to Israel. I had the opportunity in 2019 to take a group. I'm taking another group this year. You have a few days if you want to go with us. Um, we're going to go back in November, the end of November. We're going to go back to Israel. One of the, my favorite moments was when we were at the Garden of Gethsemane. And I remember when we went out, Dr. Getch, and we had a time of remembering what the Lord Jesus Christ was about to do for us. Listen, that will change your life. And I remember I sobbed like a baby. Have you ever just a baby just sobbing? That's how I was. Why? I thought of what Jesus was about to do for me. And when you think about that, when you think about the fellowship, when you think about the Lord's table, what Jesus truly did for you, listen, it's going to change your life. You know, we do memorial service. I'm the chaplain of the Fremont Police Department, but really I become the chaplain of our community. And one summer alone, I did 17 funerals. We have 250,000 people in my community. When something happens, they call me. I am the only chaplain in our entire city. But you know what? I'm there to serve. From Tesla employees to executives to, to the person that I remember someone uh, was sitting there. They were playing some video games and the girl just, just fell and just died. I mean, it doesn't matter who it is. Listen, I've had the opportunity to, part, to, to, to remember people's lives. And I just want to encourage us not only remembering people's lives, but remembering what the Lord Jesus did for you. When you really consider that, when you really think of what Jesus did, it will change you. And not only that, we see also devotion in prayer. In prayer this year, we have focused on two things. One is obviously the word of God, but the next one is prayer. On Wednesday nights, we challenge our church to, uh, it's a battle, a battle plan for prayer, getting back to, to praying. Who would say, my hand is raised, that you need to grow in the area of prayer? Who would raise their hand? Every one of us should raise our hand, truly. You know what? I need to be a man of prayer. I'm not the most uh, uh, um, best prayer person. But you know what I tell people? This is what I say. You know what? Don't just pray for people. Pray with people. People come to the door and they, they, man, can you pray for this? And I got cancer and I have this and this is going on. And a lot of times if they let me, I'll put my arm on them. Not that there's anything magical about it, but I just put my arm and I just pray with them. Listen, we need to get back to prayer. Would you say I was a good husband if I never spoke to my wife? Would you say I was a good dad if I never spoke to my children? Would you say I, would, I was a good pastor if I never spoke to our church family? You would say, no, of course not. So why don't we spend time talking to Jesus? Why don't we spend time, and th th this is me, I mean, I'm a pastor. College students, we're, 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 hopefully we're here so we can be out in the ministry. Are we spending time with him? This really convicted me last week. This is a true story, I just told my church. I was so busy, Dr. Getch, on Friday that I was gonna cancel my Friday prayer meeting with our church. Now listen to that. I'm too busy that I, that I want to cancel our prayer meeting. And I said, you know what? I'm not going to cancel our prayer meeting because that's where the power comes from. And we had that prayer meeting. Uh, the young man that came up about the missionary prayer band, I was part of that when we were in the modular C. I was a part of that group. Why? Because not only am I known for 
the work for the bay, we're known for the world. We have missionaries all throughout the world and I have one of our men today lives in a beautiful place. He has his own resort. I've stayed at in the Philippines when we started a church a few years ago in the Philippines. And he says, pastor, pray for this church. And he told me the story. Remember this church? I said, yeah. He said, recently on a flood in the Philippines, the whole place got destroyed. Pastor, can you help us build? I said, give me the information, give me the budget and let's make it happen. Why? We ought to be for the world. Amen. How are we going to change this world? By getting in his word and having a personal walk with Jesus. Man, that's so practical. Yes, but are we doing it? Prayer is a Christian's vital breath. The Christian's native air. Are we spending time with him? It's impossible to live a healthy Christian life apart from a meaningful prayer life, spending time with him. I don't know about you, but this is something I need to work on on a daily basis. Every day, God help me in this area. The early church, they participated in this. We saw that, that they were ready and they were eager to just spend time with Jesus, with God. In Romans 12, 12, it says, rejoicing in hope, patient in tribulation, and continuing instant in prayer. And you just saw this. They just, they just continued, and they just continued, and they just continued. And let me just be honest with you. Raise your hand. My, my hand is raised. In college, I almost quit. I, I was going to throw in the, I said, I had enough. Anyone's ever felt like that? Raise your hand. You felt like quitting. Yeah, I was there. I remember Pastor Chapel. I, I think, really, it was God working through him. I remember Pastor Chapel one day just saw me as I went. I, I tried to stay in line and shake his hand. And I remember he looked at my face, and he says, and I don't know why he said this, he said, don't doubt in the night what God gave him the light. He said, don't doubt. What he was, what, how he spoke to me was, don't doubt now that you want to quit what God called you to do. And you will find times, I'll talk about this, where you want to quit. You want to get that towel and you just want to throw it and say, I quit. This is dumb. But praise the Lord, I can look back over 20 years and say, I'm so glad I didn't quit. Amen. Just continue. And you see that they had this doctrine. They had this devotion. And then I close. They had this dedication. This dedication. Look at verse 45. I mean, this is amazing, guys. Think of this first century church. Look at what's going on here. Verse 45. And they sold their what? Their possessions and their goods. And they parted them to all men. And every man had need. And they, what's the next word? Continuing. Say that with me. Continuing. Say it again. Continuing daily with one accord in the temple, breaking bread from house to house, did eat their meat with gladness and singleness of heart. Look in verse 47. Praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to the church daily as should be saved. God worked in that first century church of people that were hungry, people that were continuing, people that didn't throw in the towel and they were doing fellowship. They were breaking bread. They were praying. They were just being what we ought to be, the people of God. And you see just this dedication. What do I see? This is what I see, guys. I see just in awe. What do I mean? This, just this reverence. Have you ever been in a place in your life where you were just like, this is just amazing? You know, I don't know about you. I just prayed this with my wife. Maybe it hasn't sunk in yet, guys, but God has chosen us to serve him for our lifetime. That's awesome. I get paid for what I get to do. Man, that doesn't excite you. 
This is amazing. Why do I say that? I've been, I'm in Silicon Valley. Tesla is built in my city. Uh, um, Facebook is right around the corner. Google is right there. Facebook has bought uh, just tons of buildings in our community right now. I mean, it's happening. And I had an executive tell me in the Bay Area, a guy that has his own business, this is what he says. This is what he said to me. He says, what you do, speaking to me, matters. What do I mean by that? I get to do something that lasts for eternity. And I'm not saying working at Tesla is bad or working, uh, being a nurse or a firefighter or other things. That's not, that's not bad. And if God calls you to do that, that's great. But we get to serve Jesus. That should excite you. God is counting us worthy, putting us into the ministry. And I think sometimes we forget that. Hebrews chapter 2, verse 3 and 4. How shall we escape if we neglect so great salvation, which at first began to be spoken by the Lord and was confirmed unto us by them that heard him? God also bearing them witness both with signs and wonders and with diverse miracles and gifts of the Holy Spirit according to his own will. Proverbs 10, 27, the fear of the Lord prolongeth days and the years of wicked shall be shortened. Proverbs 14, 26, and the fear of the Lord is strong confidence and his children shall have a place of refuge. Man, just this all oh God, this is amazing. This is great. I think we have lost it sometimes. Get back to the awesome awe of Jesus. And then I also see is sacrifice. Is sacrifice. And what I mean by that is just true surrender. Verse 44. And they all believe were together and had all things common. Having all things common does not refer to some type of communal existence. It means that they shared with all the believers from various regions of the world who had gathered in Jerusalem. It is clear from verse 46 that some of them still had homes. It was Amy Carmichael that said, You cannot give without loving, but sorry, you can give without loving, but you cannot love without giving. Listen, it's a byproduct. It's just going to come out. Now, let me just tell you, this isn't totalitarianism. This isn't a system of government that was centralized and it was doctor, uh, uh, doctrinal and required complete subvert, so, uh, um, uh, being subvert, uh, I don't even know how to say it, Sub, subservient, there you go, to the state. Yeah, I just have to do this. It wasn't socialism. It wasn't some political and economic theory that we just have to do this because they've told us. No, this was them willing. Hey, what do you need? Hey, what do you need? Hey, what do you need? And they just gave. How do I know this is true? Because this is going on in 2021 at the Bay Area Baptist Church. You know why? Because there are churches that are mega churches in my community that they're waiting on Bay Area Baptist Church to provide the meals for joyful bounty. That's where we provide meals to our community for those that are less fortunate. And I'm getting the calls. I'm getting the email saying, what is Bay Area going to do? And our church family just does it. Where churches can't even get 10, we have done 50 meals for our community saying, hey, we just want to give. We want to be blessing. What is that? It's just a heart of saying, I've been so blessed. Yes, we've been through COVID. Yes, people have had COVID. Yes, people have lost jobs and businesses and, and a lot of things. But God is working in and through them. A real Christian could not bear to have too much when others have too little. When you look around and you see that people need help, listen, we just ought to help. 
And more than just something physical, I encourage you, give them the thing that matters, and that's the gospel. And I've been saying this lately, and let me just say this to you, because I don't know who this touches today. But is there someone in your life right now that you say it is impossible, it is impossible for them to be saved? You're like, I just don't see. Is there someone in your life? Remember this, there's nothing impossible with God. Nothing. No one is outside the reach of the saving power of the Lord Jesus Christ. You pray for them, you fast, you do what you know to do and leave the rest up to God. And you will see as when we got saved, when we left the Catholic church, my dad got saved, then I got saved. I'll never forget when my mom got baptized. I didn't even know she was saved and then she got saved and got baptized and my brothers got saved. 30 years later, my brothers, their families, grandparents, friends, people still in this church, still in the Spanish department. Listen, the gospel changes lives. The early church did more than make converts. They also made disciples. This would outlive them. And this is true investment. This is the multiplication factor. If you have your Bible, just one more passage. Go to Matthew chapter 28 and we're done. You guys are doing great. Matthew 28. And I have a few minutes left. Matthew 28. This is where we get our theme as a church. And this is Jesus, and I've been there, I've seen where Jesus was taken up and Jesus was going to go and he gives his, basically his last commission, his last um, uh, command to his disciples. And look what he says in Matthew 28, he says in uh, verse 18, sorry, and Jesus came and spake unto them saying, all power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. And what's verse 19? What's that first verse or first word? Go, say it again. Go one more time. Go. He says, go, go ye into all the world, right? Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the father and of the son and of the Holy ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I commanded you. And I love this part. And lo, I am with you. What? Always. Even unto the end of the world. Amen. Listen, you're not by yourself. I'm going to go with you. And right now you're complaining and you're griping and you're, and you're bummed out because I'm going to leave. But God says, listen, I must leave so I can be with you. Why? Because you're going to want to give up. You're going to want to quit. You're going to be in ministry. You're going to be like me on the side there in Long Beach when I was looking out and I just, I, I, I didn't know what to do. And praise the Lord, I had a dad that says, son, who are you doing it for? Are you doing it for a pat in the back? Are you doing it for Pastor Chapel? Are you doing it for your professors? Are you doing it for me? No, you ought to be doing what you're doing for Jesus. Because at the end of the day, I'm going to stand before God, not anybody else. Amen? I know that wasn't proper English, but that's true. And when we get that right perspective, when we remember what Jesus has done for us, listen, it's going to change the way we live our life. So at Bay Area, we say it this way. We are to lead, we are to love, and we are to live. What do I mean? We need to strive to lead people to a relationship with Jesus and to love people through the church while we live the life of devoted disciples. What is the result of continuing faithfully together as the followers of Jesus? There was gladness. 
There was singleness of heart marked by sincerity, a, a lack of selfishness because they just gave. There was this praise to God. They, the Lord added to the church and we see as we continue, we must be connected to God's word. We must be in love with Jesus and we must be dedicated to God's grace. Now, this is going to sound a little weird and, and I know it is. I'm an intense person if you couldn't tell. I went on my first missions trip to Namibia, Africa. If you go to South Africa, right above, if you think of the West Coast, I went to Namibia. And I know this is intense. Don't do this. I'm just, I'm just this weird. I remember when I was in Africa, Dr. Dr. Rasmussen, I said, God, if I ever, this was my vow to God, if I ever consider anything else, God kill me. And I remember that day. You know why? Because I know God has called me to give the gospel. Not necessarily to be a pastor. Not necessarily I knew everything God had for me. But what I was saying is, God, I give you my life. I'll end with this story. The first ministry I was a part of when I was a senior in college was I served at First Baptist Church of Long Beach. You guys know First Baptist of Long Beach? And I got to serve there. And in those days, there were these two Ladies, these black women, they were awesome. I love them. They would take these little scooters. And I remember one of them, this little red scooter. And her name was Mrs. Radcliffe. And the other one was Mrs. Lewis. And these ladies were almost maybe like Southern Baptists. They came in with the beautiful attire. But what stood out was their beautiful hats. And they would come and they would come down. And I mean, they were just the most wonderful ladies. And they used to live across the street from the First Baptist of Long Beach. It used to be in those days called the Baptist Gardens. I think it's called something else now. So I would go visit them. I would spend time, and I'll be honest with you, don't tell anybody. This is why I went over there. They would feed me. Amen. Right? You want, man, someone's going to feed you. You're going to go. And I would go. I'd go spend some time with them. And, man, they would feed me, and I would run some errands for them. And it was just a wonderful time. I was away from my family, so they were like family. And I'll never forget one day, Mrs. Radcliffe looked at me, and with that long finger, she said this, continue. Continue. That's almost 20 years ago, but I'll never forget it. Why? Because there's been many times that I've wanted to throw in the towel, and I remember, just continue. I just want to challenge you. Listen, man, you, you always want to give up. No. It's like in a football game, I was an athlete and I played and I did that, but I'd get knocked down, but I'd get back up. And what I want to encourage you is to get back up and continue and continue and continue. The word of God tells me that over 450 times the word continue is in there. And I would say that that's a vital, vital thing for us to consider. Amen? Continue. Let's say it. Continue. Let's say it again. Continue. Like you mean it. Continue.